A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. So today, I've got a very good friend of mine, Ubusi Shwajayo, and Ubusi is also one of those friends that I've met on Facebook, and now we're friends. I think this is so cool, you know, what, what social media has done for us has been, has been amazing. Thanks, Ubusi. How are you doing? I'm great, and it's true. I think you can feel your people's energy from across the virtual lines. That you know, this one is my person. <laughs> I have to meet this lady. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That, those are some of the positive things that come from social media. Yeah. No, definitely. So, for anybody who's hearing us today, we are going to speak about. Why is it hard for Black females to succeed in corporate? Wow. As I'm saying it, my energy just drops because it can be so real. It can be so real. (laughs) So we'll see. interviewing you (laughs) about this issue. (laughs) Another day, another day, another time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Busi, can you please introduce yourself though first before we delve into this topic? Yeah, so my yeah, as 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 Bume said, my name is Busi Siwe Shajwayo. I am a township girl, uh, raised, born and raised in Mamilo de Pretoria, middle child, very poor family, started in a um a family home with many people. Oh, it was four-room homes, so you see staying with so many people, then moved to the informal settlements. Um, where it was just my mother and my, 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 my siblings and my stepfather, you know, the shame of that poverty. Then moved to, um, oh, yes, then uh, 15 got pregnant. So, like, that story of the Black child, the failure, you know, the, you know, the trajectory that's supposed to just lead you to failure. But anyway, went back to school finished, went to varsity uh, uh, TEFSA then, the government funding. Um, and then I think they didn't have the, um, they didn't pay for everything. You still had to pay for registration. So every year it was, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to go back to school? Oh my word, you know? And then you finished finally. Uh, then I started, uh, started, oh yes, I was supposed to do my honors. And then the family comes to you and says, you know where you come from, you know, the struggle, you can't study full time. You know, then I uh, tried to do that part time, then got articles at Ensignal and uh, dropped out after two years when I said, OK, this is not working. Uh, then um, moved to government, uh, then studied um, an advanced diploma in risk management with UNISA. So then I got into risk management, then I went into, then did my MBA uh, and coaching because I've always loved coaching. Um, so I did an NLP, neuro linguistic programming coaching certificate, 
Then, um, yeah, then started my company. Um, it moved from just normal coaching to Black women in the workplace. So Black women in the workplace is about an, um, understanding and identifying the, the gap that we are seeing when we look at, this, at the representation of Black women in leadership in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Understanding that all these, you know, all these laws have been created to ensure that uh, that the previously disadvantaged gets into leadership position. But when you look at the statistics, things are not changing very fast, and even worse for Black women. Like we are the wow. majority. We haven't moved. We've been sitting at five percent of of top leadership position for the past three years. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. But I think what's fascinating for me, Busi, is, is the fact that this is not a South African phenomenon. This is a global phenomenon. And at this day and age, the fact that I'm sitting here and having this conversation with you, it's a very draining thought, you know? Um, and, and, and why are you passionate about this? Yeah, I just want to touch first on the global phenomena. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just shocked as well. Um, I read American literature, literature from American women who talk about this problem exactly almost as we, um, as we experience it. And then I read this book called Black Women in Management and the lady uh, researched African women, uh, South African women, women in South Africa in leadership, and, and women in the UK, Black women in the UK in leadership, similar, similar, similar problems. And the sad thing about it is that in South Africa, we are the, I mean, we are the majority, we're about 40% of the population, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. And um, so you said, why, why am I so passionate about it? Because I am one of those women, you know? And um, so, it's, and, 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 and I think the very first thing that we need to talk about is the fact that this, the experience of the Black woman is not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was here. But it's not the same. We're not the same. We don't mm-hmm. come from the same backgrounds. So it's not one story, you know. When I'm telling my story, there might be instances where you can find yourself, but there might be instances where you can't. So we're not saying that Black women are a homogenous group, but we're saying that some of the challenges we face are very similar because um, that we are Black and, and, and female. So, what lo- so for me, the passion is seeing myself coming from yeah, a, a background where there was no professional in my family. So I, I, I come from the township where um, I'm accepted and I'm a smart kid and I'm loved and I'm celebrated and I'm confident. Then getting into spaces where uh, multiracial spaces and all of a sudden that, um, all of a sudden I'm invisible. All of a sudden, I don't fit. All of a sudden, I feel so, I, I feel so insecure, and and I can't find myself in this environment. Mm-hmm. And 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 then and then the depression starts, you know, because oh my goodness, what is this? And who do I ask? 
how do I even articulate what is happening? Because I don't even know what is happening. But what I'm saying is that I am a shadow of who I used to be. And, and, and that's also another issue that is being raised that because most, some of the times we're the first generation, you find that we don't have role models to tell us, okay, this is how things are being done. So from varsity, started losing um, uh, confidence in myself. You know, I was always a top performer. All of a sudden, I'm failing. Oh, I'm just, you know, making it into the middle. And then at, at, at work, um, I went into one of the accounting firms. And oh, my goodness, this just continues where I just feel like I don't fit. I don't fit in this thing. And then, um, I, and then I spoke to a lady who said to me, no, you, you have to read, you have to prepare for interviews, you have to, you have to work on your career. It, you can't just finish school and think you get to this place and, and your work is done. You actually have to work, read these books. Started mm-hmm. reading and then started feeling more confident, started understanding, okay, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way um, that you carry yourself. And one of those things is, is, is really what I raised in that the, the workplace is, is uh, designed for white and male males because those were the people who were active in the population. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the people who were in the economic, you know, population then who, who had the powers, who had... Way. So, so this was designed for them, and so and when it was you come designed in, by them though, as well. by them for them exactly. Yes, so it was designed for them. Yes. So when you so get why there, would you expect? So, so when you think about it, how would you expect somebody who doesn't know what being a black woman means to even think about it? Because they don't know what they don't know. Let's be exactly. honest. Exactly. 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 So sometimes it's not even, sometimes it's not even malicious, you know, sometimes My it own. is malicious, but sometimes it isn't even malicious. It's just um, the way things progress. We know our history. We know that we come from racial segregation where certain opportunities were just for a certain race, for the white race. And then so, so it was designed for them. And um, that's why you find that many of the issues that white women raise, that women raise around what challenges we face in the, in the workplace, we share. But then we find that as Black women, there are additional issues that yeah. we share, that we face, that white women do not understand, you know? So we, we find ourselves struggling between the intersection of race and gender, where... Yeah. Because so 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 actually, when you go into research, there's a book called Corporate Tribalism that that researches white men in the workplace and and black and white women in the workplace that talks about yeah about how white men see themselves as the normal blend the 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 normal ex you know and then and then and and then they actually don't see themselves as a community or as a people or as white men they just see themselves as individuals normal and then they'll see then the the white woman as a woman not necessarily a white woman but as a woman 
And then it's only when they see other groups that they see their 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 gender and 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 their their um their sex. But when you think about it, at least a man is a man, you know, a white man and a black man. At least they share the gender, so at least you kind of look like me. But when you look at black women, you are the other because you're a woman, and you're the other because you are black you know, and then uh, many issues around how we are raised, etc., and the challenges that we face in our marriages, um, all of that comes into the mix. Wow. It gets draining, doesn't it? <laughs> you remember me? <laughs> wow. But, but, but I think for me, why the, why the topic was interesting, I've always said, if my if I've got daughters and if my daughters ended up in corporate, I would really want for them not to experience some of the things I experienced. And and I know that it's how many years things are not going to change overnight. The fact that we're still talking about this at a global level means that it's it's just a a human issue that maybe we're just not digging deep into it and and, and, and it's very difficult to change. But we, as the women that are there, we need to find ways and means to make men see that if we're not part of this, of this journey, nothing will ever change. But yeah. they also need to acknowledge the role they are playing yeah. in really helping women to actually bloom and grow. In, yeah. in the corporate world, you know, yeah. because yeah. for me is and my daughter, I've got an elder daughter who put her feet in corporate and decided it wasn't for her. Yeah, spend a year and a half or two years at most, and she said, "This is not for me." But I know that there's a lot of other girls that aspire to be in corporate. Yeah. Yeah. that really want to be CEOs. That really want to mm. blossom. Yeah. So how do we? What do we need to do to, to change this environment or this culture? Yeah. I don't even know what to do. Yeah, it. this culture. Yeah. I think, first of all, it's just, just understand it, you know? I think one of the things that we are challenged with, uh, with, with not knowing is that when it hits you, you're like, whoa, what just happened, you know? Because you're told if you work hard and you you work hard and you're smart and you study, you know, the world is open for you. But then when it hits you, it's like, what am I in 1948? What is this? You know? So, so, so I think first of all, it's to, it's, it's to, um, it's to um, kind of teach our girls, help them understand that this is going to happen, which is sad. But mm. it is what it is. So it needs, it's, we need to be ready to, to understand so that we also don't internalize it because we do. We say, oh and my God. And not goodness. take it personal, right? Exactly. Not say, ah, it took me so long. You know, what's so hard? It's only now that I make it to this position. I must have not been working hard enough. Just understanding the challenges that you are facing, that you are going to face. Because you are not the normal. So, so it's first of all, understand, understanding the bias that is against you as a black woman. 
Because when you think about it, when people, the, the, and unfortunately, the typical black woman, which is the what we don't speak about, is working at checkers, is working for some, uh, is a domestic worker, you know, is, 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 is doing the menial jobs. And that's when we, sometimes we, we forget because you start uh, becoming, getting into the elites, into the middle class and you're, all your friends are middle class and we forget that the experience of the black woman is not our experience. Yeah. We're actually very privileged, you know. There are so many that have fallen, that we've left behind, not because they didn't want to get into these leadership positions, but the, the, the challenges were just insurmountable for them, you know? Yeah. So, so we're not the normal. It's still very hard. There's still so many people who are left uh, in places and in positions that they, 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 did, they don't want to be in, you know? There's still so many people who are closed up. And that's why we need to uh, open the veil to bias, you know? Some of the research is actually showing that um, these workplaces, especially some of these um, uh, recruiters, are actually saying that I know my client is not going to take someone with an English accent that is very African heavy. I know. So I'm not going to um, put your CV through. I know my client is not going to take you. So you I don't know my client is just yeah. because you don't have the what we call the Model C accent. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so your career will go slow because you don't have the Model C accent. Your career will go closer because your hair is not a weave like mine. It, you, you know. So, so you know, your career will go slow. Yeah, because you you're not dressed. You know, you're not actually these women. Some of these women were saying that we find that. Because we are foreigners, or we've 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 studied in in these foreign institutions, in these international institutions, there are more opportunities for us because we're not seen as too much of the other. You are the other, but not 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 too far. At least you're closer. We feel more comfortable with you. You don't carry the baggage of apartheid. You won't tell us about what your ancestor, what we did to your ancestors. So you're not so much the other. You are more acceptable. So often you find that uh, the women who make it are actually women whose parents had, were, were professionals, even if it's the teacher and a teacher or a teacher and a doctor or someone who studied uh, overseas or someone, at least when the uh, multiracial institutions were coming in, who went into multiracial, multiracial institutions. So you still find there is a, an elite Black women who make it, and even when they are there, they still face these challenges. And mm -hmm. I, I really liked what you said about what can men do. You know, a, a lot of Black women who've made it have said that there was a white man who took me in, you know? Yeah. There, there was yeah. this white guy who just, you know, was just my person, who just said, I will help you. I will yeah. defend you. You know, yeah. so, so, yeah. so, 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 and, and it comes, and it comes from what the, the white people who do that or the men who do that 
as a man who have stopped being defensive about what is happening. But who and, and they've you. acknowledged their privilege. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, so, so there's this whole issue of when you talk about these issues, it's like you're accusing, you know, but why are you touched, you know? Just acknowledge that, yes, these things happened. I might have not been part of them, but I'm privileged by them. And therefore, if instead of the feeling that I have to defend myself all the time, what can I do to support to change this picture. And the biggest thing is sponsorship and mentorship. So mentorship is helping someone, telling, teaching them what to do, but sponsorship and advocacy is taking me, taking my hand in speaking my name, uh, putting me into opportunities. When they say there's this opportunity, you say, you know, there's someone who has potential bring them in. So it's, 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 it's advocating, it's advocacy, it's white men and black men advocating for black women. And it's also, and first of all, as I said, it's about acknowledging the past and acknowledging the impact thereof. And, and, and thirdly, it's about um, a multicultural approach to the workplace, not mm. this assimilation approach to the workplace. Because black women speak about, I get to the workplace and all of a sudden the rules of, of advancement and leadership is be aggressive, be male. You know, remember they even used to tell us that even dressing feminine was not okay. Was not that thing, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to wear gray navies and maybe suits, you know, like... You must speak. Oh, there was also a thing about making your voice deeper. <laughs> I was even talking about attitude, but you know, taking your voice an octave deeper so that you don't sound as you know as feminine. So, so become as 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 may as masculine as possible. As possible. But actually, what <laughs> what women find is that when you are found to be too masculine. And then you start, especially with black women, you start fitting those uh, stereotypes of the angry black woman or the woman, the black woman who controls everything. So it's actually a double bind where women are told for you to be successful, you have to be like men. But when you find that you are becoming too much like men, you're still expected to be likable for some reason. It's oh, not yeah. acceptable that you're not likable. So now you are facing these two things where now I have the power I'm listened to, but people hate me. But it's, that's my pet peeve though, Lucy. My pet peeve in corporate is, is for me as a woman to be expected to behave like males yeah. because that's not who I am. Yeah. That's not who I am. So what you're expecting me to do is to change who I am so that I fit your stereotype. Yeah. And that yeah. goes against everything that I believe in. And there's an yeah. element to me that says, accept me for who I am and accept me because I'm adding value in your space. And if you feel that I'm not adding value, then we can have a different conversation. Yeah. But the conversation shouldn't be around who I am as a person yeah. um, because I'm a black woman. And that's not going to change. Yeah. That yeah, is not going yeah. to change. 
And and I appreciate, so when you're talking about mentorship, when I started, I was sponsored by Unilever at Varsity. And my, my career started at Unilever. And I had the Unilever group CFO be my mentor. Yeah. And I am still so grateful to him. His name was Willie Shazer. And I found him a few years ago. He was still yeah. alive. I'm still hoping he's still, he's still here. Because he's the one man who, white man, who took me under his wing. Yeah. And literally helped me understand how to survive corporate. How to be streetwise in corporate because you yeah. need to be streetwise. Exactly. exactly. And and I never understood it from that perspective. For me, it was like he was just helping me out. He was allocated as my mentor and he was helping me out. But when I start reflecting, I I reflect back and I'm like, wow, this man actually made a difference in my life. He gave and me made a, gift. a difference in my life. Yeah. So a yeah. few years ago, I literally hunted him down on, 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 I Googled and I found him and I just said, thank you. Oh, I wow. literally just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, that really matters, the, the mentorship and the sponsorship. Who speaks for you when you're not in the room? Who speaks for you when you're not in the room? Who shows you the way? You know, who, who walks? Because sometimes it, because you don't know the game, it looks like you're not in the game or you don't want to be in the game or you make all these mistakes because um, and that's what I also realize is that the culture is very Western. Even yeah. Just the culture is very Western. You know, now we say to women, you have to speak for yourself. You have to uh, go and negotiate for your for your increase. You have to, but that is not how we were raised. That is not our cultural, you know, um, conditioning. In our culture, it's hierarchical. You 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 work hard, and then your leader helps you. You know, they they there are people who are in authority to make sure that that happens, you know. If I, if I fulfill my scorecard, I give it to the authority, uh, the authority is expected to do the right thing. But yeah. now I'm getting to this culture where they say, um, if you don't speak up, then you're not ambitious. If you don't, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't question, you're not ambitious. If people are talking over you, you need to talk even, you know, if you need to push, (laughs) you know, I don't know if you've been in those meetings where you're raising your hand and people are just speaking. Okay, so I'm just supposed to push through, you know. That is not our cultural upbringing. But what you say about um, then what happens is that when you're in the door, then we're able to say, this is me, this is Mbomi. Yeah. And they also start seeing you as a human being that, wow, Bumi is actually uh, with her not so loud male voice, <laughs> actually has authority, actually is competent, actually is a human being, actually is not the, all these um, stereotypes that have been told about. Actually, Bumi is a human being. So then when they see another Black woman, they're able to see them as an individual, but sometimes we get so tired that we leave. You know, when you said 
that your daughter left within two years. That that's the reality. And especially with the millennials, millennials are like, what? No. <laughs> and, 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 and they are. And 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 I think though, there's something I appreciate about that because yeah. I think bringing up my kids, there's been an element of saying, speak up. Yeah. Because there was and and because if you don't speak up, what's going to happen? People yeah. don't know that they're yeah. either um, you're not speaking up for what you are looking for, and yeah. but you don't have to be all arrogant and all. Yeah, yes. but you yes. need to have your peace, and you need to, yes. to say what you think. And 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 corporate speaks about being visible. Yeah, you know those lines that says, "Yeah, that," but we don't know that person. Yeah. Like like there's an expectation that you are visible. People need to hear what you've got to say. And some of us were not brought up that way. Some of us just know that I'll speak up if I need to speak up. I don't have to be jumping up and down about everything and anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's very true. What you say about choosing your battles, you know, saying, okay, is this one, is, there, is this the one that I want to get into? Do I have the energy for this? Yeah. But also I think, I think what you're saying is very important in that we teach our, our children to speak up because that is also respected. So it can be a double bind as well. You know, mm-hmm. that is also respected when people know exactly what uh, what they're dealing with you. But you find that because of how we were raised, it's, it's that it's disrespectful. It's, it's unfeminine. You just don't, you know. So I found that it, the workplace has to be navigated. It's nice. and, and it does. And, and we'll say, I don't want to cut you. Yeah. And, and I keep saying, and, and this is the trick with, with, with graduates coming out of university. And, and I keep saying, corporate, you need to be streetwise. <laughs> like, like, there's a way of doing things which is not going to change overnight. Yeah. And, and overnight. you need to then learn how to navigate that that space hence you need people that are going to help you navigate that space yeah yeah i mean exactly what you're saying and that's why we need to teach our girls because i think uh, as what we're saying about role models it's that um white people with generations of of professionals and we are not generations of professionals so mentors help with that where they show you, okay, okay, I, I know it's not right, but that's, that way is not going to get you anywhere. Um, try this way. So, and, and, and also I think, um, yes, some people are going to live and leave if, 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 if your mental health is impacted and, uh, and you have... Um, and you also have alternatives because sometimes you say, oh, leave, leave a place where you're not loved, leave and, leave and go where, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not a, a, an option that is available to everyone, you yeah. know? And, and sometimes you need to have a mindset change because the question becomes, what is unbearable for you? You know what I yeah. mean? Are yeah. you being bullied? Is it a toxic environment? Yeah. And, and all those things. So you need to take those into account. But there, there's a flip side to it as well, as you say, that says 
maybe there's a different mindset that I need to bring to this space. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't have to be feeling sorry about myself all the time and, and be the victim of the situation. It becomes about, so how do I show up and, and take control of the pieces where I can take control? And the pieces where I can't take control, let them yeah. go. But, so what but has been your strategy for me? Sorry? What has been your strategy? Because you've lost I, it. My, my strategy, I think, has been that. The, my strategy has been Mpume is Mpume, and Mpume has got values that she stands by. And ideally, when I'm in the workspace, I don't want to lose who I am because that is important to me. That is what has taken, got me to where I am. So I don't want to lose myself in the midst of the chaos and the storm and, and the fighting of wanting to, to, to climb the ladder and all these things. So I've, I've, there, are, there are instances in my career where I felt I'm, I'm not progressing as quickly as I wanted to, but I've had to take a step back. And I've left corporate twice because I've woken up one day and I've said, stuff all this. I don't want to be party to this whole commotion and have left. But when I've come back, I've come back with a different mindset. I've come back with a different mindset where I've been clear that I don't want to compromise myself and where I don't want to compromise myself and, and be clear what I want to fight for and, and let go of the things that I think this is just, yeah. you know, that line that's just, this is just corporate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I figured, I figured those things out as I get older to just go, that's corporate. I'm not coming there. I'm not getting involved. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized is that the politics in corporate, you need to have a strategy to maneuver them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you can master the strategy of maneuvering the politics, then you get somewhere. Because the yeah. politics are about power and relationship. Yeah. And yeah. you understanding those mm-hmm. two things, that's what then takes you far. That's so true. That is so true. And I love, I love what you said. And also acknowledging that there were times when you're like, okay, I need to breathe. I can't do this. You know, and I'm finding that a lot with, with young black women who yeah, have made it to executive positions who are like, I am so tired. I am I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. I need to lecture. I need to, I need to find things that will make me money even if it's not the same amount of money that I'm getting, but I'm, I'm just tired of this game. And that's why it's very important for us to, to teach each other that this is what is happening. You know, this is what is happening. This is how you maneuver. And that's, and that's one of the reasons I started this company to say, let us um, arm each other so that we understand this is what we are going to face and this is how we can handle it. And you said something very important. I know myself. I know my value and my worth. And that is so key. That is so key. If your worth is still shaky, you know, if you're still struggling with, um, and, and also because of where we come from, because of our history, 
our parents most of the time were still strong. Remember that the history, the historical propaganda was to teach black people that they don't have worth, that even the education was made so that you, you are just educated enough to be able to interact with the white person so they can hear, you guys can hear each other. And for the menial tasks, so the, the education was not meant for us to be successful. It was not meant for us to, to participate in the world, in the economy. So in the economy, in that, in, a, in an equal footing. So there is, so lack of self-worth has been taught. It was a system that was created that we shouldn't have self-worth. And also our parents were so busy fighting this system that sometimes our nurturing as kids um, suffered, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it was yeah. just surviving. Oh my God. There was, so there was no that time of sitting and building and focusing on this human being, preparing them for the, it was always about, you must study, you must, you know, you must, you know, it was never a nurturing, hey, you're amazing, you, you know, you, you can do this. So it then becomes your own responsibility to find that for yourself, to heal, to build. Because then when you get there, you are able, uh, Brené Brown talks about, it talks about shame, where she says, the difference between shame and guilt or whatever, it's, it's the internalization, it's, I am that. Mm -hmm. so, so she says that she makes an example of a teacher picks on you because you've done something but embarrasses the child. Um, the child would say, oh my goodness, I, I, I'm such a failure, I'm such a loser. But uh, whereas a child who has a good self-image, who doesn't have, carry shame would say, okay, I am humiliated, but that was not okay. That was not on me. You know? And that wasn't about me. Yeah, so that <laughs> was not okay, you know? Yeah. But when yeah. you don't have that, you take it, yeah, it's me. I, I just, I, I must have not impressed them enough. I must have not, I must have not, I must have not. Without seeing that actually <laughs> it's war out there <laughs> sometimes, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But how how do we... How do we deal with this unconscious bias? Because because a, a, a bulk of it is unconscious. We all have our we all have our unconscious biases and 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 things about about life, about people, about I don't know about a whole lot of things. So how do we deal with that? Mainly in corporate, because everybody has got their way of perceiving things, taking into account where they come from, how they were brought up, and, and all those elements. And, and you find that that then impacts the way they lead, it impacts the decisions they make, and, and all those other elements. So how do we deal with that one? I think first, I think first of all, it's the leadership tool, much is given, much is required. So the leader of the company needs to be someone, uh, you know, when, when, when Daniel Coleman wrote the book, Emotional EQ, Emotional Intelligence, people realized that, oh my goodness, it's not about just being smart. The emotional element is very important. So it's very, you know, the leader sets the tone. So if the leader um, 
you know, uh, Nolita Fagude, who wrote Boardroom Dancing, I think she was um, also the member of the uh, Black Management Forum, also started with uh, in Woolworths. It's a beautiful story. I think every Black woman should read that book. And every business leader should read that book. Because she explains how the leader showed that this is unacceptable. This behavior is not acceptable. She started at Woolworths and she says that um, the leader, uh, so some, some uh, the, oh yes, so, so the, 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 the accelerator program put them in junior management. And then there was this customer phone and it was like, I want to speak to the manager. And she said, I'm the manager. And the customer said, no, I want to speak to the manager, <laughs> you know, and then ended up speaking to the leader. And the leader said, um, yeah, if you're going to treat um, our people like this, maybe you should take your business elsewhere. That was clear that that behavior is not going to be accepted. And she also talks about an example of where the policies were saying that they'll pay for their uh, moving. They had to move, so they, they'll pay for their movement. Uh, and then when they sit with other white people in their cohort, oh, yes, in their cohort, they found that, that they didn't know that the company was supposed to pay for everything and they were supposed to go to this trip. And they'd find that when they're sitting with other white people in their cohorts, no, but they paid for me. Oh, no, I... I had to go to this trip. Why are you not going to this trip? Because um, all of us were supposed to go. And then they found out that there were people in the company who were racist and felt like Black people should not have access to those things. But if the leader says, okay, that is not acceptable, you know? So it very, very, very much around the leader who's conscious and who is going to set the tone. She also talks about where she was now her first position as an executive, where she gets in there, this guy um, always forgets to bring a copy for her. For some reason, first meeting, she, he's forgotten to print a copy for her, okay? She shares it. Second meeting, okay, she's furious now, but she just gets quite, but she just doesn't, doesn't hear anything in the meeting. Third meeting, she says, okay, it's either you can't count or you are leaving me out. Why can't, why am I, don't, don't I have a copy? And then the leader says, okay, we'll stop the meeting. You go and print and fix the copy for her and then we'll continue. You understand? So the leader is very important to set the tone. And then secondly, is also what you're saying about staying. You know, some people say stay. Stay until they get to know you. And also when you stay, when you're ready, we're not saying that kill yourself. When you're ready, um, stay. Because when you stay, you're also able to recruit other excellent Black women. So they see that you're not, you know, there's also that thing, uh, you're not like all of them. You know, you're just different. <laughs> they can see that. But, but I think the other part, though, is, is, is us as Black women embracing this line. At this day and age, embracing the line that I'm the only Black woman in the room. Like, no, yeah. people. That's I'm the not best Black woman. <laughs> How can it be okay? Yeah, yeah. It's also, remember also that we are conditioned to compete as women. You know, that, um, you know, those they grow up, you have, you know, you have this type of a body or, oh, you, you know, you're light or whatever. So there's also that feeling of there's not enough. And uh, if I have, I must close the door 
or, or, you know, there's not enough. And yes, some of the times we are each other's worst enemies. We close the door. We like the fact that we made it. We believe the lie that, oh, you are special. No, (laughs) you know, you're also perpetuating. So the more they get to know you, Bumi, as as a woman, as a normal person who is like them, who has problems, who who is complex, then the, the more the normal image of a Black woman as part of this will help. And also, you will bring people like you as well, because that's how we recruit. But that's what bias does. Bias makes you want people around you that makes you feel comfortable. So you're also going to allow other people who look like you. So there's more of you. There's more examples of people who look like you. And then another thing is also what we don't like, especially as as, as Black women, is um, interaction networking. (laughs) You feel like, I want to go home. I don't want to be around these people. (laughs) One of those. Like, I'm so introverted. I just want to get on and go. go Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, many important, besides the fact that many important conversations happen on those after hours drinks, it's also that people get to see you as you, not in the office, and get to see your humanity. And also, I think sometimes they also have this, there's also a lot of there's also a lot of tension between us um, black people and white people. There's all there's a lot of um, mistrust. And and, are, are, yeah, are you are you judging me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are you judging me? Are you you know should I should I am I uh, am I working on eggshells around you? Um, so they also need that assurance that oh you see me as a person. Also, oh, it's okay. I can come close. You know, so it's also about building, allowing yourself to build the community, um, also putting yourselves out of your comfort zone to, 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 to build the community. I know sometimes it feels unfair, but I always feel like, you know, when I, sorry, I, I just keep going on. <laughs> you tell me. No, 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 no. please But when I learned, uh, when I read, the, when I listened to the story of Lord Sundovu, um, you know, where you find yourself understanding the history of the country that you're in and, and trying to find where is my role in, in, in preparing this place to make it better for the next generation, just like mm. the previous generation did. What Lot Ndovu taught me is, is, is intellectual activism, you know? How do I make changes where I am? Like, I can't go to the street like I can't sing I can't sorry I'm not that's not me I can't be singing and yeah wearing overalls and going to stand at clicks because clicks I I I that's not me but what can mm-hmm. I do where I am you know yeah. to contribute you know to making the future better for the next generation and so Lutendovu was clear about we need to push that this position is gotten by a Black person. We need to push that we get a Black person in that committee, you know, so that that person understands that my role there is to prepare a place, 
you know, it's to change, um, it's to change perceptions. It's, you know, it's to, yeah, it's to make, it's to prepare for the next generation. So what is my role? Yeah. And, and I think for me, what's important is, is that diversity and inclusion. And, and I know these words get thrown around yeah. very loosely and it becomes the in lingo um, of lately. But, but for me, there's an element of when you don't have diverse teams, yeah. that it, it doesn't help not to have diverse teams because the thinking is very much just yeah. people in the room don't know what they don't know. But yeah. when you've got a diverse team and that diversity even talks to black men, black women, Indian men, Indian yeah. women, yeah. white yeah. men, white women, because all of us have got different experiences. All of us perceive the world differently and all of us have got ideas that are different. It can't be the same, you yeah. know, we don't yeah. walk the same journey. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's something with having diverse teams yeah. because whatever that they bring to the table, yeah. there's that just one voice that yeah. will say something and you all go, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. But if yeah. that voice was not around the table, yes. Yes. then yes. you know, the, yes. the messes that we've seen with some of the campaigns that have happened in, in out there is because the diversity and the even people who are not in the room. And, and sometimes people could have been in the room. The question becomes when they speak, oh. does somebody listen? Oh. Because that's where the inclusion comes in. Yeah. When woman speaks up, do I even take a step back and go, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Or I just dismiss her just because she's a black woman and yeah. I don't think she's got anything that she can contribute. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, that is so important. I think, yeah, I think we are not, you, you, you're saying that what is the value proposition, you know, for the bottom line of diversity, rather than not just uh, as a way of racial imbalance, um, of fixing racial imbalance, but what is the value proposition of diversity? voices in the room and research over research over research is showing that when women are in the room where different decisions are being taken when diversity is in the room different decisions are being taken because there are more perspectives in the room and exactly exactly what you said so many of the full passes that we've been seeing would not have happened if there were voice other voices in the room there is this book called Invisible Woman, which talks mm. about how a lot of design were not for women in mind. So they'll even talk about township design, um, town, town planning. Where is yeah. the bus? Is it by a place that is dark? You know, how is a seat belt created? You know, how is um, um, uniform created? Is it created for um, just a man in mind. So it's very important who is in the room. It, 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 it helps you see different perspectives and that company will do it better. And the second thing as well around different people in the room is, that, is this what we call the fact that 
the bias is saying, I'm expecting you to not be good because you're a black woman or because you're a woman or because you're not white or whatever. But when you get there, you work harder so you can prove yourself. But even the people who've always been there, who are relaxed, now start working hard because there's a competition and I also don't want to be um, out, outworked, you know, outcompeted. So, so, you, so you find that even um, the performance increases because now there is this competition. People are working, people are excited and, and that. So it's very important. Oh, and I loved what you said about the voices in the room. Do they have, are they being listened to? Because that's what happens then. We read that, oh, Mpuma's been, um, been appointed as a CEO in that company. Oh, Mpuma's been appointed as an executive in that company. But when you get there, you have this big office and doing nothing. Or always <laughs> you get HR positions mm-hmm. or marketing positions. Never, never strategy. You know, never. You know, never the, the hectic areas, just somewhere there in the corner where there's not so much risk, you know? So who, if we're in the room, we find that even when we're in the room, there is a next battle of having a voice, having yeah. impact. And that's also, that's why people are saying, why are Black, executive job, black executives job hopping? Why are they not lasting? When you get in the room, am I respected and am I heard? Am I, am I part of or am I the other? You know, you find that you're even disrespected by, 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 by lower level employees because everybody knows it's just a title. Do you know? So what happens even when you're in the room is very important. No, it is. I don't know. I, be- I really believe in that. And, and, and just giving people the voice and, and hearing different perspectives, I think always just makes a difference. And, mm-hmm. and, and the sad thing is that this conversation is happening at executive levels and hey. it's happening at board levels. Hey. Because even at board levels, the representation of, of, of women, whether white or black, is still very minimal. And, and there's more to it that really needs to be done without people feeling that they're being undermined because there's mm-hmm. that part of, oh, you're messing up the boys' club, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, and, and that's the intersectionality as well. Uh, apparently, uh, so, so the research says that white, um, the, the book Corporate Tribalism says white men are saying, I'm disappearing, we are disappearing, we used to be the highest in management, where, where are we going? You know, when we read the stats, even here in South Africa, they used to be 60%, now it's like 50, I think the 40s and 50s, and it's like, oh, we're disappearing. So if I let you in, I'm pushing myself out, you know, I'm working myself out. And then there's also the black men who feel like it's, it's, I should, it's not your position as a black woman to lead me, to, to, you know, to have authority over me, you know, you, yeah, now there are women, you know, it's busy here. 
you know <laughs> why, so, why why are they not at home and, and yeah and why are they not mm-hmm. exactly why are they not at home yeah. these are the type of women who, who disrespect their men you find that a person already is against you yeah and you're just like what did i do to this man but actually it's just against the whole thing that you are here why are you here this is a man's place you you belong somewhere else and also what we don't talk, also then the other issues that challenge us is going back home you know um negotiating that and how that impacts impacts you in the workplace you know um can I go to the business meeting or when I go to the business meeting, when I come back, people are angry with me or I am a Magodi and there's a funeral of an important member of the family. And I'm supposed to go and stay in Makaya for two weeks and clean, you know, and there's work, you know, uh, pregnancy, kids, uh, coming back home on time, you know, uh, expected to cook, you know, all of those things that we still also have to negotiate in our relationships. So then you'll find that a lot of uh, women, uh, as as further as they go into, into these positions, they become single, like either divorce or never get married, which is sad which is sad it shouldn't be it shouldn't be and and it shouldn't be because i think there's an element of um how does your partner support you and as well as though as women we all we all define success differently yeah Yeah. because for some women success is not that i want to be a ceo right yeah yeah success is I, i i want to find a way where my work aligns with my life. Yeah. And that can mean anything. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't say I'm not ambitious. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and most of the time what happens is that now you get perceived as if you're not ambitious anymore because yeah. you've said you don't want to be the CEO. But yeah. I might have said I don't want to be a CEO because I want to align my life, my work, my work, with my life but what the, exactly. what does that mean that means i can be a board member that yeah. makes me as ambitious yeah. as the person yeah. who said they yeah. wanted to be yeah. a yeah. Yeah. you know that means i i want to run my own business because i still want to be able to maneuver my time and yeah. and have space for my kids have space for my husband and have space for the things that matter to me it doesn't yeah. make me any less ambitious yeah and and you find that when you're having conversations with men at those levels it becomes a matter of you guys are not ambitious enough yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but your success and my success is not it's true it's true yeah and also i think that when we also don't give uh sometimes we also don't give our partners the opportunity we don't have that discussion as well like you just take it for granted that no it's not okay sometimes maybe we just need to have the discussion yeah no put it across there but this is this is what i want to do will you support me i think sometimes we don't even give people a chance to support you 
you already feel that, no, no, I need to protect them. It's my role, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's my role. And, and um, so, so I have to do it. So, um, and also then also issues around pregnancy and, and the workplace that, yeah. oh my goodness, you're not going to be around. Do we want a woman here? <laughs> you're going to be pregnant and leave for the whole, you know, for, for another five months. Uh, and I think the world, the workplace also needs to change. And it will change when we redefine gender roles. Yeah. When men are able to say, I'm going to claim my paternity leave. I'm going to take it. And I'm going to take three more weeks and go take care of my son uh, or my daughter was being born so that it's not assumed that it's the, it's the role of the woman. The workplace allows family to happen, yeah. raising yeah. kids to happen, you know, um, so that it's not a woman thing. It's not a bias against women that they will disappear, but, but it's known that people have families and people just like sometimes it's allowed for people to go bury their pets and um yeah but <laughs> and this is a question that i've never asked most men that is just popping in my head because you find that most executives have got girl children mm. and and i've just never had the conversation of what would they want to see for yeah. children when you know? those ones enter corporate because my expectation is if you're a man with girl children, you want to create environments that embrace women, you know? Mm. And you think about your kids walking into spaces mm. where um, there's this unconscious bias against women. Mm. How mm. would you feel or how mm. do you feel as a father when mm. that is happening to your own daughter? Wow. And yeah, you, you know, you're actually making me realize that the, this conversation needs made. And I've never thought about it to black women in the workplaces, in the workplace, in the running of my company, that actually <laughs> this conversation needs men because and they you don't want to alienate the men. Yeah. Because, because they are at the core. Mm. We are saying the corporate was designed by them. Mm. And because they were there anyway, they mm. were the ones that were running corporate. So, so you can't leave them behind because they yeah. are still of what is happening. Mm. The question is, how do you, how yeah. do they find a way to embrace what the changes that are happening, mm. and yeah. us also embracing them to say, how to become allies to make sure that these changes are effective and impactful. Yeah. Because if, if, if that doesn't happen, 10 years from now, I'll be having this conversation with you. And exactly. frankly, it's tiring. I don't want No, 20-year-old, today's 20-year-old will be sitting, your daughter will be sitting with my daughter, my niece, talking about this. And it, it just can't be, it just can't be. Uh, I think we have created spaces for ourselves uh, maybe also to find ourselves and then we can have the conversation to say, but wh- where are you and what is your role? 
what do you see and it's said that it seems that if you want to teach if you want to touch men about women issues you have to say your daughter <laughs> yes, sister, but, 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 but that's the nearest way there is yeah. there's a link. And and maybe yeah. some of them want to talk about their wives. Do you want yeah. your wife to be treated this way? Do you want your yeah. partner to be treated this way? Whatever yeah. the case is. But yeah. I think I think the daughter element always has this, you know, daughters and their and yeah. their dad. There's yeah. always like you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and if you have to bribe them to think of yeah. it that way, and, the, <laughs> and that's also what we talk about about the navigation. It's it's almost like you have to have a strategy, and it's what you are saying about choosing your battles. You know, and uh, and the sad thing is that it happens the older you get, where you start saying, okay, certain things are not important or are not yeah. the battle for this decade. <laughs> you know, um, the battle for this decade is this. Yeah, okay, this is the principal issue and I, I need yeah. to fight it, you know. Yeah. And then there's also the understanding that, okay, this place that I'm in is like this. One, two, three is not going to change or it's going to take a very long time to change. Mm-hmm. So what is my intention if I stay here? Because there are people who need to stay in the workplace because um, there is, there is, the workplace is important. We need to get into those positions. The future uh, girls need to get into this position. So there are people who need to stay in the workplace and do the work. Like we mm. can't all leave and go do our businesses. Um, there are people who need to stay and do the work. So it's about then being intentional about it. What is my intention of staying here? Even if it's just to get the money to do something else that gives you light, but it needs to be very intentional. And then that intention is the, is the one that's going to sustain you. Yeah. Because yeah. one of the reasons we can't sustain is because I am so unhappy here and I don't know why I'm here. But if you're here, you know what? I like this place because of one, two, three, and I think I can change one, two, three in this place. And therefore, that is the reason why I'm staying. That will sustain you over other things. And you're able mm. to overlook the other things. And also what you said about if I know my value, you can't touch it. You know, yeah. you can do whatever, you can't touch it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Lucy, thanks for the conversation. Yeah. If there's just one thing that you want people to take out of this conversation, what could that be? I think that uh, what, I would, uh, what I'd want people to take out of the conversation is that one, as Black women, we have to um, take, the, take the responsibility to ourselves to, 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 to bring ourselves into this space, to, to chart the part for us, for ourselves. One of that is what we talked about, mindset, healing, building, building the self, strengthening it, strengthening the core of who we are. And then secondly, it's not just about degrees. You have to um, build the skills that will allow you to maneuver the workplace. So get a coach, get a mentor, find uh, find an advocate, find someone. You need someone to help you um, on around on the path because it's hard. 
And then when you are there, open for the next generation. Then thirdly, it's just to business in South Africa. We can't do it this way. We need a multicultural approach, an approach that allows the best from each culture to make the, the, the workplace a more productive space. You know, you can say it's about the bottom line, but the bottom line is impacted by all of these things. If people are not happy, they leave while staying, you know, they stay and leave. So, and you don't get the best out of them. So we need new strategies. We need to have those uh, cheesy conversations that people feel are cheesy. We need to have those cheesy conversations around values, around love, around accepting others and seeing others and, and, and all that. So diversity and inclusion is not about doing the right thing or doing what you're forced to do because of affirmative actions and of, about the law, but it's also about creating value, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank that you for well. that. So for anybody who was hearing us, where do people find you on social media? Uh, yeah, blackwomanintheworkplace.com. Uh, that's my website at Black Women in the Workplace in Facebook and uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So what we do is actually this, empowering Black women to, uh, to be able to position themselves for success in the workplace and helping companies create environments that allow for diversity to strive. Yeah, so that's where you find us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you thank for you taking for the opportunity. Time. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Mbedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.